If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm Joe Rooney and I played Father Damo. And I'm Patrick McDonald and I played Owen McLove. And this is Talking Ted, a show about the memories, stories and insights into what has made Father Ted the prize sheep of Irish TV shows. week we're joined by Ardlo Hanlon who played local curate Father Dougal and also Pat Short who played shotgun enthusiast Tom. And this is the first episode in the first season and it's called Good Luck Father Ted. So we're ready now we're going to play the first episode and yeah. have a chat about it. Yeah. The music of course written by Neil Hannon. That's right from the Divine Comedy and that's in his year. And we performed at a festival in Inishir. Remember did, that? Yeah, the Father Ted Festival. Yeah, in Michael came over and he said he'd never go back to the Iron Islands because of the boat journey. He was Michael Redmond, that yeah, is, who yeah, played yeah. Father Stone. So we went over to Inishir and I saw the boat that uh, on the things. I, the big, I got inside yes. the boat. Yeah. Big rusty boat. Big rusty boat, yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, so uh, there were loads of people there dressed as stuff like hairy babies and bishops and whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that only happened one year. It was mad, actually. It was yeah. almost like an episode of Father Ted over there. It was a bit nuts. But uh, we've been to the Ted Fest as well. On That's Inishmore. Yeah. And there's not, nothing ever has been on Inishman, the third of the Aran Islands. They hate Father Ted. They hate everyone. They hate everyone. You just don't go there, They do don't you? even want tourists. No, they there. don't. No. They're, I was going to say if they're listening, but they won't be listening They won't be this. listening. They no, hate, no, no. No. So we're looking at the first uh, bit. Yeah. Uh, what were you doing in your life when this uh, w- was recorded? Okay. You were at the recordings, weren't you? I was at, okay, but I was going over to, uh, I'd met Graham when I was in a band. He was working for the Hot Press and he interviewed the band I was in. So I knew him that way. And I met him then and he said, oh, I'm in London. Uh, hey, listen, if you're ever over, you can stay. I was going over to London doing uh, five minute spots. <laughs> I was flying over to London to do about five minutes in a shit club. And, and doing gigs in Ireland as well. But what were you doing? Oh, I was working in a, the Dublin Woolen Mill selling jumpers. Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'd never done stand-up comedy or anything when that was on. And it was only later, it was September of 95, I started doing it. No way, that's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, I would have watched that and got up the next morning and gone to the shop. You were working in shop jumpers. during the first series. Yeah, yeah, And you yeah. were in the second? In the third, third series. series. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, wow. but I'd been writing comedy, and I was interested in comedy, and I knew people who knew the writers, like I, you know, and I was I was definitely yeah. heading in that direction. Yeah, and uh, I really wanted it to be bad. 
because you thought, oh, it's an Irish comedy, it'll be rubbish. It'll be rubbish. And it's about yeah. priests. Oh, God. I know. Yeah. So it'll be really bad. Yeah. Because there, ha- yeah, there had been Leave It to Mrs. O'Brien was a sitcom about priests. About priests on RTE. And a man and it was awful. awful. Yeah. And I knew uh, Dermot Morgan was going to be in it. And he'd been very good in uh, so many things. He was rather trendy. Yeah. And oh, I loved okay. uh, Scratch Saturday. I loved it. Scratch yeah. Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought that was yeah. brilliant and so I knew he was involved and I, yeah. you know it could be okay and I heard about Ardell and I'd seen Ardell on television thought he was very very and funny. Ardell was brilliant Yeah, he was great stand Ardell was doing good stand up when very few of us Irish fellas were we were trying to come to terms how do you do stand up Yeah, and he he, he was got, ahead of the game yeah, he, he was, was ahead of the curve definitely yeah. and like I love Frank Kelly from years ago I worshipped him yeah. On Hall's uh, Victoria. Victoria Week. There's a picture of me. I'd lo- I'm, I wonder, should I get it? Try and get it. My brother probably has it. Me with my hair tied up, like he, that counsellor in Bally McGash. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Character. Uh, yeah, I loved him. And we at home had an album, a Frank Kelly album, and uh, there was some brilliant sketches. There was one about the boys, they go. There wasn't much to do in the village, and we go. We we'll go down and watch the bacon slicer. That that was, that was funny stuff. Yeah, but uh, and then uh, Polly Midlane had been in Scrap Saturday as well, so she and you she know she's been good on pedigree. Nighthawks, but we yeah. st- I still hoped it was awful. And then uh, I'd say within about a minute, I thought yeah. it was brilliant. But like, there's Ardle. Ardle literally had made his mind up about not long before that to leave Dublin, go to London, and within months he was doing. That's right, yeah. Sitcom on Channel 4. Yeah, what, yeah. amazing. Amazing, yeah. You wouldn't, wouldn't happen yeah. now. And now we'll be talking to Ardlo Hanlon about how he got the part in Father Ted and his time playing Father Dougal. I went in February, February of, of um, 1994, and I'd say... I'd say the casting probably happened during that summer. So, yeah, you'd be talking about six months later, yeah. I was doing the Edinburgh Festival, I think. Uh, or it was just before the Edinburgh Festival, which would start at the beginning of August. So it would have been in probably July that the casting was happening. I kind of knew Arthur and Graham, who are, who are the writers. And uh, they used to, they were living in London and they were they were doing things like, with, do you remember Mel Smith and Griffiths Jones? And they had also written a sitcom with Alexi Sale called Paris. So they were doing pretty well in London as writers. Now, I didn't know them that well. Like they came from hot press and, you know, uh, um, they, they weren't like, even though it was really weird uh, because the comedy scene started in the, in, in, in the international bar in Dublin and the hot press people, all the writers and, and art, art people like Arthur and Graham also hung out in the international bar, but in a separate part of it. And we kind of hated them, which is kind of weird, <laughs> like, <laughs> cause they were really cool, you know? And, um, Comedians were seen as sort of upstarts in those days. It wasn't it wasn't the cool medium at that time. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, I got this call from Arthur. Basically, he he had come to a few of my shows, and we were sort of hanging out, but not really. And um, he rang me and said it, it was the last day of casting in London uh, at Hubbard's casting, and he said, you know, will you come in? I, I don't think I was on a list or anything. It was just Arthur had a kind of a whim. He said, oh, oh, Ardell hasn't come in yet um, uh, for the Dougal part, so we'll have a look at him. So I don't know, I was at home, I was probably gigging somewhere that night in London or around England or somewhere and um, I kind of got on the tube and I went into town and I went in to meet them and there was a big bunch of people in the room. Um, the head of Channel 4 was there and the head of Hattrick was there uh, uh, and the writers were there 
So I just went in there and I just, I do remember it very well because only Arthur was laughing at what I was doing. So I'd never seen any of the material before. So I was given this page and told to just read, like, so somebody else read in the Father Ted part and, and I just had to read the Father Dougal part. And I remember thinking it was really funny and really sort of really getting it, you know, really, you know, because I kind of, I kind of twigged Arthur's sense of humor anyway from, from knowing him socially. And um, he was the only one sort of responding to it. So I thought, well, that's that, you know, like it. And then the next week, I think I was up at the Edinburgh Festival and I got another call saying, would you would you go over to Dublin? Because by then, I think they, were, they had cast Dermot or they had settled on Dermot or they were thinking of using Dermot anyway. But then they wanted to see the two of us together to see would we work together, what they call a chemistry reading. So it, it was a big it was a big effort because like just getting from, like I had a show in Edinburgh that night and I had to fly back to Dublin to do this, this, this reading with Dermot. And we, we'd never really met each other before and it was all a bit weird and we were putting a room together for an hour or two and we were given a bunch of scenes and we were just told to kind of mess around with them and then I went back to Edinburgh and about a week later then I got a call saying oh you have the part Great talking to Ardell there and we'll be talking to Ardell again later on in the season I have to say very nice guy He's such a nice guy. He never went to his head. He's still the same no. fella. Very yeah. humble. I didn't meet him beforehand, but he, he wasn't an arsehole at all. No, he was so and helpful he, and so nice. He was he was focused yeah. on what he wanted to do. Very professional. Yeah. yeah. But not 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 a megalomaniac or a narcissist or any of that business. No, no, no. no. and and it's he's the same fella now. That's right, yeah. He's He's a lovely fella. Yes. I hope he Art, we up. really like you. I, hope he... I worked with Frank Kelly just before he died. Did you? In yeah, Mall. Yeah. Mm. In the Gaiety. Yeah. And he, mm. was, he wasn't well. Like, you know, he'd been through cancer. Yeah. I think, I don't think he'd actually, I think he had Parkinson's disease and he hadn't uh, announced this, so you know. He yeah. And uh, so he struggled with lines, you know, he was struggling yeah. with the script, but as soon mm. as he performed, he was amazing. Like the minute he was... Right. Yeah. And he was so different in real life, to how he was on screen. No one, never met anyone who was so different. But he just had that, he knew what was funny. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, but Meg, he wasn't that funny off screen. I mean, he was quite serious. He'd yeah. read the Irish Times and talk about whatever article yeah. he was just reading. A little bit. The odd bit now badness will come out of him. And a lot of anecdotes about theatre and yeah. whatever. But yeah. the minute he started acting, he was amazing. Absolutely. Incredible. Yeah, there he is now. He's playing the old, uh, the old, a younger Jack. Yeah, at the girls, which oh, you wouldn't yeah. get away with now. There's oh, no way he that said he's going to teach them in the gym, yeah. and it's very hot, so you'll have to take your tracksuit tops yeah. off. <laughs> he's dreaming and about dr- that. Drooling then, not a chance. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely amazing. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, and they have the old telly as well. Yeah, now Ireland's so good at being that innocent idiot, a kind of idiot savant. Yes, Ardle talks about it in his act how he is. Yeah. People assume he's stupid, and I yeah. have had that all. Yes, my life. People assume. Uh, even I'm working at the weekend, and people come up. Yeah, oh, you're a big idiot, and you know, yeah. like they assume this almost slow down for you. And uh, I, I think that's admirable. I think that's what. What? No, I really do. <laughs> that I, I can do. This. No, I think the comedian on stage shouldn't be trying to show off at how smart he is. That really annoys me when comedians do that. Just be funny. Be the idiot. So what? Absolutely. Yeah. Just be funny, but don't try yeah. to be smart. Don't try to reveal yeah. how smart you are. Because, I mean, Ardell's a very erudite guy. We're yeah. really going to town on our... I mean, you know, there could uh. be a nasty side. 
Of Ireland. But he, he's such an erudite uh, yeah. bloke. And, uh, yeah. But he, he doesn't show it off on stage. He doesn't. No. Yeah. Mrs. Doyle's is a great character. That was brilliant. Yeah. Mm. My mother was very like that. That was, well, I mean, on. that was a thing that we all know, being Irish, where you go into a house and they said, do you want a cup of tea? And you couldn't refuse tea. Or a dinner. Or, or yeah. You know, anyone who came to the house, there'd be a dinner. Yeah. And it'd be a massive, uh, like we made massive dinners back then. Yeah. Like the little things we eat now, you know. Like my the amount of potatoes yeah. on a plate were just phenomenal. Yeah, it's a generational thing. You see the the people who love carveries, the amount of. But like there are those. My mother was quite aggressive like that with force and tea and yeah. uh, and cakes and whatever we had on people and making the meat and that yeah. is recognisable straight away. Straight away here. I doubt if English people knew that because they tend not to be quite like that. No, I think it's an immigrant thing. It's a thing where you're showing up. You're you don't want people to think you have nothing. Do you know what I mean? Oh, maybe, right. Because we, we had nothing, so we have so to show that we show have that, loads, yeah. like, tons, yeah. yeah. So if you didn't have a, a, a famine and loads of people died, you wouldn't, you'd be just you, keep you, the biscuits in and not yeah. tell them about them. Do yeah. you want to show that you have loads of food? Yes, and I know what you mean, people. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what it was going on. Mm, yeah. yeah. And the two priests in single beds beside each other is brilliant as well. Yeah. Of course, that was a normal thing in 50s movies where you'd see... Uh, Husband and wife sleeping on single beds. Well, the husband and wife is in separate beds, and yeah. Laurel and Hardy in the same bed. Oh, were they? Yeah, <laughs> and, so Bert, two men and Bert and Ernie. Oh, they had separate beds. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was always funny to see, like, uh, yeah, uh, Rock Hudson and that going to yeah. bed with Doris Day, and they were in separate beds. Yeah, yeah. Well, like and it was that, code. you would think that was. Oh, that's the way Americans do it, is it? You know, that's yeah. what I always thought. But I suppose in the seminary, I'm not sure if they. I I, I went to college in Maynooth, and they were, uh, you, you know, the were seminary, and I don't know if they shared rooms. Yeah, but uh, they probably did. I'd say they did. Yeah. They well, they would have definitely no. did. Not officially, but yeah. remember we had to share rooms at the beginning touring. Oh yeah, awful. Oh, my God. Yeah. Awful B and B rooms. Yeah. Remember that the stanking room up. In yeah, in Letterkenny. Yeah. Yeah. And there's Pat Short. Oh. I shot JR, of course, is an iconic t shirt now. And now we're going to chat with Irish comedy legend Pat Short. Yeah, Pat Short was part of Unbelievables with John Kenny, and they were huge at the time, a double act uh, touring around the country to massive audiences. And John Kenny, of course, played two roles in Father Ted, and we'll be chatting to him later on in the season as well. Absolutely, and Pat went on to further sitcom success with the RTE show Killing a Scully, also featuring me. Hi, it's Pat Short here, and I play Tom in Father Ted. How are you, Pat? How's things? So you played. Good. You said you played uh, five episodes, and uh, I, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Can, can you remember back to like? Did you audition for that part? I did. I did indeed. Um, I remember myself and John Kenny were playing in Andrews Lane at the time, I think, and as the Unbelievables. And we both got a call to go down and meet in Hubbard. I think Hubbard's the casting. They were, yeah. Yeah. John and Ross. And we knew John and Ross from previous uh, films and bits and bobs with Dublin. So, yeah, I went down to the audition and sure, we were sitting in a room with a whole lot of people, you know, the usual. And I, do you know what? I think I was reading for Dougal. Are you serious? Yeah, I think uh, my call was for Dougal and wow. Tom. And I think Ardell had only accepted it 
the day before I went down there. So they told me when I was there that there was no point in reading unless I'd learned the lines, yeah. but that they were most likely that that was gone already to Ireland. I knew Ireland from Mr. Trellis, of course, and yeah. we'd been doing, you know, we like with yourself, Joe, we'd all been doing the comedy circuit together, you know, um, so we all knew each other. So, um, like, you know, I'm like, it's delighted for Ireland, but I didn't even know what he got. I didn't, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It, 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 none of us knew what was going on at that time. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and so uh, then you you did, t- and like at the time you were would have been fairly big with the unbelievables. Like you would have been touring a lot at the time, yeah. Yeah, we were. I suppose we would have been. We'd have been kind of the first show we took off for us was one one hell of a do, and that mm. would have been running a year or so at that stage. So we mm. would have been well established mm. in the comedy world, yeah, at that point. Right, yeah, and, and the guys, the guys would have known us because I, I think the lads had been working hot press at the time. Or so. Anyway, they yeah. they would have known, they would have known us at the, all about us at the time, you know. And so, what did you think of that character? That's such a brilliant, it's a brilliant character, and you're really well cast, I think, in that role. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, it, it was a brilliant character. Um, I remember Graham Linden one time telling me it was one of these outside of the main cast. Yeah. Uh, one of his favourite characters recurring characters that kept coming back but then he didn't put me in the series 3 so maybe he didn't <laughs> 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 he, he went off me back then it was great. but no I remember maybe he was telling everyone that at the back of the catering bus <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah anyway we won't uh, talk about that but yeah, yeah it, it was a great character at the time we had done uh, uh, oh god what was the name of the programme it was a programme in RT myself and John had done it uh, and it was based around Tom and Jerry the two characters we had All right. and I'd, I'd worked with Tommy McCardle who's a, uh, a director in RT and he, he's from Monaghan gas man himself and his brother two great writers and directors um, so he um, and I, I uh, when I did the audition for Tom I was trying to think what kind of a character would he be, you know? Mm. And I loved Tommy's accent, the Monaghan accent. So I kind of used the bit of Monaghan kind of All approach right. to him, that yeah. madness. And that's that's kind of how I based the accent, was half Monaghan, half temporary, yeah. you know? Uh, at the t- the uh, who shot JR? I shot JR T-shirt, of course, it's iconic. But I mean, I don't know if younger people will know that that was such a big thing. Like I know it's funny, isn't it? That was huge. Um, on Dallas. Who shot JR? When we were kids, <laughs> who shot JR was the big thing. And then it became a running joke in those country western songs about us, who shot JR. And the funny thing about that was, I shot JR. <laughs> Tom, the music. <laughs> you know, that, was, that was really, really funny. And, it, you know, to me and my generation, and you, Joe, yeah, yeah, we would find that hilariously funny. But I wonder, the younger generation would have no concept uh, of who shot JR at all, you yeah. know, uh, or the, the whole, how massive that cliffhanger was on the TV show and the funny thing is I, I remember the second year you see I did the pilot or the first one uh, and done it done a base and then I came back uh, did the rest of the series or something we did the series then after that in didn't we get on to Claire for the rest of the first series anyway and then the second series down in Clare they didn't have the t-shirt it, 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 so I think they got one made up inside in the shopping mall in Limerick because mm-hmm. it was simple as that yeah and because c- someone had forgot, they, I think they just threw it away or something like that because really? it's the one thing I am asked 
everywhere in the world, Joe, I swear to God, mm. is do I have the original T-shirt? Of course not. <laughs> you yeah. know, it went back into the water truck and, and went away. But it was that easy to get it met up. You could just go to it. And I did a tour of Australia recently. And every radio station I went into, they presented me with an iShot JR T-shirt. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know yourself, you're doing the promo for the gig. And yeah. You, you, you do a local radio station in each city, like Sydney or Melbourne or whatever it was. And every one of the deals, yeah, huge fans of Father Ted down there, and, um, obviously, and, and yeah. they knew the character, you know. That's unbelievable. It's such yeah. a, a huge show, you know, that... My my brother, like, when we, you're right, the first series came out, and mm. I got quite a slating, I remember, in the Irish media, because it was... There was a previous sitcom in Ireland called Leave It to Mrs. O'Brien, and oh. they were kind of... They were, which was about a priest's house and Mrs. O'Brien was the housekeeper and they were it it wasn't that well received and they were kind of associated to that and you know it, Father Ted was fairly mad and people just didn't get it do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. initially it, it was so it's, it's, it's hard to explain that to someone now I mean I remember when I read the first script going oh my Jesus what's going on here yeah. <laughs> it was mental but yeah. it looks now now you look at it it looks so ordinary but it was mad stuff of the time mm-hmm. and um, the first series was out and it wasn't sex till the second series. And um, my brother Joe was teaching over in England in a school. And he rang me one day and says, They know who I am. And I said, What are you talking about? They know I'm re- your brother. And I said, What do you mean? He said, The class, the, the kids in the school, they're fucking to Father Ted fanatics. And, the, and he said, They're slagging me. And he said, It's only now they've got it. They didn't get it last year. Yeah. And he said, he and I remember Joe saying to me, "Well, look, it's, so you're onto a good thing with that show because he said if the kids love it, it's huge." Yeah, yeah. And, and it was he was right; it was massive in, in the UK. Ah, oh, still massive, like yeah. It still still is, yes, of course. I I, I remember being on holidays in Portugal. Uh, I, I visited my brother was out with his wife and and my kids and his kids who had been similar age a couple of years ago, and I got this scream from the room next door. They had a Father Ted uh, DVD. Box it. They didn't know I was in it, yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing. They all absolutely loved it. And it's, it just—it's—it's it's an amazing show that keeps moving generation after generation, yeah. watching it and getting it. And it's—it's it's the wonderful characters of of Dougal and they're all daft. You know, all the characters are daft yeah. and silly and childish. Uh, and it's so funny, you know, so so funny. Yeah, and you kind of know those characters. Like a lot of those characters, you kind of know them from rural Ar- Ireland. Like the the boring fella, like Father Stone, the fellow who comes visits the house, <laughs> but he just sits there and says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, and, that, I think that's some of the best comedy is like that when you identify with the characters. And, yeah, and the, the daftness of it—they find the humour in the, in the silliness. And know? there's fellas like Tom all over Ireland as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 sitting on walls. Yeah, and you know, they're, they're, you just do not want to get engaged with this guy because he could kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although yeah. I was only saying to Patrick now, a lot of those characters in Father Ted—they are probably diagnosed now in modern. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Just probably a drug for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. My, I remember the first yeah. episode that went out of it, Joe. Actually, um, yeah. and my dad was over in Wales. I don't know was he on a holiday or something. And the first episode went out. It was my first TV role. So, yeah. uh, uh, kind of a you know Channel Four across the water and all that kind of thing. So he was all excited. And it was the one where I had to drop my trousers and say, Dad, would you have a look at that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. My old dog did that to me. Doesn't it look like a face? 
<laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Your dad wasn't that impressed no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my big, big, big international debut on television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, parents are never impressed with that. Kind of no, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, listen, thanks a lot, Pat. Thanks for chatting, and uh, sure, I'll see you around anyway. Yeah, Joe, lovely talking to you. Let's start talking to It was great chatting to Pat there, wasn't it? He's brilliant. Absolutely. A few revelations there. Yeah, the fact that he was uh, going to audition for the part of Dougal was something I'd never known. Yeah, Dougal could have been a psychopath. With a shotgun. We're just going to take a break now to tell you about another podcast that's on the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's called Basically... Basically with Stephanie Preisner, where she takes complicated topics... And makes them very simple. And it's also got brilliant guests like uh, Michal Martin. Luke O'Neill. And others. And they, they, they basically get to the nub of the matter, whatever might be on. In, None of the flim flam. No. Just uh, the nub. Yeah. Have a listen now. Hello, my name is Stephanie Preisner and I'm here to tell you about my show, Basically. It's all in the name, really. The show makes things basic for people. We've done episodes about world religions. We've done episodes about COVID. We've done episodes, a lot of episodes about mental health and different aspects of mental health to make things accessible to people. One of the great things about the podcast is that you can contact me and let me know what topics you would like. So have a listen, see if anything tickles your fancy. And if there's something there that you think is missing... Please get in touch with the show. We'll cover the topic and then you can listen to it. We're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, so you can find us on headstuffpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Now back to the episode. A huge thing. Uh, who shot JR back when Dallas was big? Because there could be people listening to this that are, can't, Wouldn't don't remember, remember. Don't know Dallas. who JR was or anything. Dallas. It was yeah. a phenomenon. In 1980, yeah. JR was the biggest character on television. Like yeah. J.R. Ewing, and it was huge in Ireland. Yeah. It was massive. Yeah. And even like the, the Redemptors used to come around on the missions. And, you know, there was always like, did you ever have missions where you grew up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be three days, three or go, four days. You go to yeah, Mass every night. really long Mass. And there'd be a stall outside, outside and selling, selling shit like that. Like crosses. Crosses and, and the, the little cameras, the, the television sets with pictures of the Pope. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Lourdes <laughs> and whatever. Yeah. And the Redemptors yeah. would always, every year to come and say, there's a programme on television now, and I've seen it, and it's a disgrace. It's called Dallas. Really? And, yeah, and everyone in, in like where I grew up watched Dallas. Yeah. And we, the whole place went silent and would guilt. <laughs> <laughs> but like JR yeah. was shot and it was the biggest thing and there was a massive hit yeah. uh, by TR Dallas called Who Shot JR Ewing? Who oh, Shot Old right, JR yeah. Down? Okay. Who Shot That Son of a Texas Gun That Night in Dallas Town? Oh my God, that's brilliant. You yeah. can remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the biggest that. song in Ireland yeah. at the time, probably in the, like that. That was huge. That was our punk. Yeah. Uh, that was a massive <laughs> hit. And uh, and uh, the Simpsons did a take on it as well. Who shot Mr. Burns? Mr. Yeah, Burns. yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. uh, but it was a mm. phenomenon. So there, that was a callback to that. Obviously, it was yeah. a phenomenon in Ireland. It yeah. was a, a worldwide success, but it particularly appealed to us. And lots of people had Dallas type, like South Fork was the house, big house in Dallas. And you yeah. see them all over Meath and Louth. They named so they, their house. Someone who did well with a South Fork, exactly right. like South Fork. Would you get away with the whole drink thing now? The drink. Girls. <laughs> I know. Whatever, you know. Actually, do you know, about 20 years ago, there was a priest transferred, like an alfala, uh, to the parish, and he drank 10 grand of funds. 
Yeah. On drink. He drank it all. Really? Yeah, it was meant to be decorating the houses, the parochial houses and the churches, and he spent it all on drink. And it was in the newspaper or something at the time, Father Jack, real life Father Jack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. common enough to have the drunk priest. The alcoholic priest, yeah. Priest. I thought priests, I, I yeah. grew up, in 1978, the World Cup yeah. in Argentina was on and all the priests used to go to different par- parochial houses every night to watch the games. So you'd see all oh, these, yeah. like Ford Capris or whatever outside, <laughs> outside the parochial. Yeah. And I thought priests had the life. I thought it was the best yeah. life. I wanted to be a priest. Yeah. Really, really wanted it. Yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. to be a brother. I thought a brother because you go off to an Africa. And what's the difference between a brother and a priest? I thought, like, well, uh, a brother uh, doesn't have to say mass and do funerals, doesn't he? Well, they're not allowed to say mass. They're maybe. not allowed. Yeah. They go, but I thought they'd go off to missions a lot. Yeah. Teaching schools. Uh, they teach. Like, there was a brother in school, CBS in Drogheda, who taught art and he used uh, porn magazines for life drawing. <laughs> Which <laughs> at the time <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was actually oh. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I did. I really. I thought it would be fantastic. My mother really was enthusiastic that I would be a priest and yeah. go off to the. You know, I went to. I, I went to college in Maynooth. My parents thought I might just find a vocation there, and that mm. you know. But I thought yeah. you know, I really couldn't be celibate. No. But I was celibate for most of my time in Maynooth. Right. And the priests were right and everything. Right, right Unbelievable, right. rampant. Yeah, yeah. Each other, but other, like they were very successful. Women loved clerical, the clerical students right. at that time. They went yeah. mad for them. So, yeah, really? I mean, even like, you know, you think the, the bohemian types, they all wanted a priest a boyfriend. Priest. Yeah. Seriously. What is the allure, I wonder? I don't know, forbiddenness or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrity, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. There were mm. celebrity priests. There was a big... Uh, Father Cleary? No, yes, well, but there, mm. there were in, in Maynooth, uh, there was a big song contest every year and they mm. had like, it's later on, but like they'd have the leather jackets on, but yeah. they'd have the sensible jumper underneath. <laughs> and uh, the women loved them. Yeah, yeah. I was actually talking to a, a fellow who was a priest. Uh, in, he's working in a petrol station now, but uh, he said that's a come down. I know it is. They wanted to watch it in the seminary. Father Ted, that is. And when he'd given you back the change, does he put it in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was against the rules to watch it, and, and we're told to go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> like Arthur Matthews has clergy in his family doesn't he yeah he does um, his uncles are some uh, yeah he did and uh, yeah yeah. but yeah priests like what you forget now is there's no priests or you know there's very few priests left yeah Um, and they're very generally quite liberal and I've been around country doing different work you know we tour a lot and you meet a priest and they're never in the garb like they never wear the garb they wear the jumpers and stuff yeah they're undercover and there's only one in the area in the the area like there's so few but at growing up there were yeah. just tons. We had the highest per capita yeah. number of priests per capita. You know, there were one priest every thousand people. In the world, people. Ireland had. Yeah. So there was one yeah. to every thousand people. Uh, just don't think and they that. had a lot of power. And they, they, they were, were like, powerful people. Like the priest was more powerful than the local politicians, say. The yeah. local councillor had no mm. power, really, compared to a priest. Because I, I remember like down in, in Meath, when I was growing up there in Meath, uh, the parish priest giving out about the Galway races. Like in a packed church, he was given out by the amount of money that was gambled at the Galway races and he wasn't getting enough yeah. in the basket. And my father, who's from Galway, walked out of the church. It was the only time he walked out. <laughs> was, and we forget watching it now that it's such just 
the comedy about the yeah, I, I, the context is gone almost for it, so many it, people. It is, yeah, it is funny, funny now. Like, cause now, yeah, because I was not. Were you an altar boy ever? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, you loved it. Oh, I hated it. Really? I got stage fright badly. Like, oh, I didn't yeah. want to ring the bell in case I get the wrong time. Well, I, I shook the the cruets. I would what to call them. The thing, the the wine and the water. Yeah. The first time I did it, and it was everyone was laughing. Right. You know, right. Uh, but uh, I love. It was my first taste of show business. Right. I was captain of the uh, of the altar boys. I was the man who held the Where cross at the Easter parade. Oh, I flipping oh, loved really? it. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Know. I I had one year of it, and the reward at the end of the year was to go to Butlins, <laughs> and. Uh, Four five days before we were going, I went over the handlebars of my bicycle and smashed my lips and teeth in, and I couldn't even go to Butlins. So I was like, I'm not doing it for another, I'm not doing it next year. The priest comes into the class and goes, uh, who, who, hands up who's volunteering to be an altar boy next year, and I wouldn't put my hand up, uh, and everyone, other boys did. And then he went out of the room, he came back in, he said, there's a boy here, his mother's very sick, and I'm sure she'd love him to be an altar boy next year. It was me. Everyone knew it was me. Yeah. And I still wouldn't put the hand up. Good man, Joe. Yeah. Cry freedom. Yeah. Good man. <laughs> no, I loved it. I was a little right. lick arse, and I made loads of money from it. Right. Yeah, you'd, I mean, on a Saturday, you could do a funeral and a christening and a wedding and make... Good money. Could you? Yeah, really. Well, no. I never saw that side of it. Oh, now. absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that would have changed my mind. Yeah. Here, we're looking at now, you know, the fun fair. That is brilliant, brilliant. isn't it? That's like, what won it over for me because even a few years ago, I brought my kids to, where were we? We were in Kinsale and we were at a fun fair. Mm. And they were on the, you know, you sit in a cup and it spins around. It's yeah. It's like a cup and saucer. Yeah. Thing. And it was pathetic. I yeah. have a great clip of them just looking doer time. Yeah. And there's my uh, someone playing the accordion beside the uh, <laughs> these cups. I know. Going, uh, four cups. And looking miserable. It was rubbish. Yeah. And like everything in Ireland was a bit rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Growing yeah. up. It was just, it was good for Ireland. That was the saying. I was, you know, how was the film? I was good for an Irish film. <laughs> Yes. It's good for an Irish programme. Yeah, yeah. Good enough for us. And everything. Yeah. And so we had fun fairs. We had the hurdy-gurdies, they used to say. Yeah. Them. You know, so the fun fair would come around. But, but they'd rubbish. also have stupid things like uh, there'd be a cow in a field and, and you'd bet on where it did a shit. Yeah, and exactly. Like and, uh, yeah, it'd be one swing uh, or, or something. Or, and Oh, yeah, the boat swings. Yeah, the then? boat swings, yeah. yeah. Where you pull the rope. My mother pissed herself on that. Did she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, so that really captures that... What are they called? Like a fun fair. Fun yeah. fair, yeah. Yeah. Look at, at that, that one. Look at that one there. Like, there's Father Jack going around in a circle in a thing, but behind them, there's a, a man on a stepladder <laughs> yeah. and another fella running up, but running away from him. I don't even know what that's about, no. but it's, it's hilarious. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just imagine writing that. Or telling, oh, they must have been on set to tell. Because it. Well, Arthur grew up in Louth and, yeah, you know, he yeah. would have witnessed all of that. Yeah. The world, yeah. That, yeah. Just slightly off. Yeah. Cheap world. We, we accepted. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit now where they go into a, a fortune teller. It's funny, I went to a fortune teller when I was about 21 and I was really scared. I was really scared. I thought they were. And uh, I was working next door in a record shop and... Uh, next door to the fortune teller in George's Arcade and the first thing she said is I, there's music in your life she's looking at my pal I'm going yeah, yeah I work in the record shop next door <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you'll cross water right whatever that means 
I'd be very impressed if she could look at a record without seeing the sleeve or the inner thing and guess the music from that. Yeah. If she was that good. That would at be reading. good. Reading records. Yeah. That would be a good. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Pat Short, though. What, like, at that time, Unbelievable's huge. They were amazing. Right. And then every time they appeared in the late late, they got better and better. And their live shows, you could see them on. on t- I yeah. and when I went uh, over to film the episode I was in, the two lads were watching it, uh, watching the Unbelievables. When I went into their little office, they were watching them. Who was that? The two lads, the great. Oh lads, yeah, yeah, they were yeah, Watching yeah. it, and uh, they uh, they they were just that much in awe of them. You yeah, know? they were phenomenal. Absolutely, and uh, it was a great moment then, just to get the two lads on uh, on this uh, absolutely and series. Like, Pat's amazing in this. It's so one thing about Father's Head is so well cast, isn't it? I mean, I think unreal. That was great role for Pat Short. It's just yeah, perfect. At it was the time. almost like the stars were aligned when Father Ted was made because yeah. you had the church was just about to go in the wane. It was just like five yeah. years previously they were really strong. Yeah. Suddenly they were, they were just on the wane. Yeah, there were still loads of priests, but they didn't quite have the same power. Yeah, we were becoming more liberal. Suddenly, you had all of this these amazing performers. Yeah, great Manarta, who were working on so yeah. many great British television shows. Yeah. You know, Declan Lowney, who directed that uh, first series, the first two series, he was coming through. Right, and yeah. it was just like the stars were aligned and everything was in place. And mm. suddenly, you had this generation of actors coming through who were yeah. And then the writers yeah. knew these actors. Although they were, it was shot and it was all done in London mostly, right? But they knew they were bringing these people over. Yeah. Uh, but the lads knew the stand-up scene and the burgeoning stand-up yeah. scene, Irish stand-up scene. Uh, and not just even in Dublin, but in, also in London. There were mm-hmm. many, many, Graham Norton had gone to London. And, uh, you know, But, but, but it, it, being a stand-up helped when shooting the indoor stuff in the studio with a live audience. Because being a stand-up, you knew how to, what, how to pause your line for a laugh to, to come back in before the laugh dies down but I mean I think that like that's 100% really helpful and it didn't have to you didn't have to be a particularly great actor to be in Father Ted I felt no you know I mean it really could be because a few oh, of no, us I've no. talked to I'll talk to Michael Redmond about it we, we went I, I did an audition for Angela's Ashes just mm. after the Hubbards cast it yeah it was the I, I might, they might as well have just got someone off the street to do it because I couldn't act I didn't know how. I'd never acted. Yeah, and like, the, and, and, and like, for example, my character is so big in Father Ted. I mean, uh, I'd done loads of auditions for films where I was far too big. As well. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was yeah. really. I brought it down act. since, and we've done lots of work yeah, since. Yeah, so you brought yeah. it down. You can yeah. somewhat do a better job. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, you didn't have to. It was just like play, yeah. do whatever you do on stage, and it'll work. Yeah, and so it was brilliant for a lot of comedians. Yeah, yeah, like it was that, really, yeah. really good. Now, uh, Pat Short's a brilliant actor as well. Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. And uh, and also did, I mean, there was a lot of great acting talent in the show as well, uh, you know. A lot of great, ah, very top called Jim Norton and people like that, you know. Absolutely. Came through. It's pretty amazing though for the first episode to have also, even that bit we've just seen where it's dreams, reality, uh, that little cartoon thing that was brought in in the very first episode. was quite yes. nice. yeah, very clever. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And um, and also so many things happened in that first episode. We've just talked over it, but uh, yeah. but uh, <laughs> we didn't refer to them. <laughs> yeah. Well, like when you think about it, her first episode, uh, uh, you've introduced the three, four main characters, and you know who they are fairly straight away. And John and Mary come into it, and then there's another oh, loads of loads of little scenes that are amazing. Yeah, absolutely, it's very good. Jo- oh, it's very clever. I don't know if they wrote the first episode first. 
They probably I'd, didn't. I don't know. But they did establish it very well. Yeah. 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 I was just wondering though, it is very Irish. It is amazing. It must have been amazing for an English audience to watch this and go, what, what is this program? Do you know what I mean? Well, let's say they th- just thought it was very surreal. Yeah. And not, they didn't realise that it res- reflected Irish life. Yeah. So it means a different thing. It's just a very odd, surreal sitcom. Yeah. But to us, it's like a documentary yeah. almost. Like, we got our independence and we didn't make a great go of it. We got our independence and we gave our independence to the church. The church. The, the Brits left and they just gave the keys to the church. Mm. And mm. I don't, people, English people didn't really know that. No. Yeah. And I think there was a bit of criticism from the Irish in Britain at the time as well. And America. They couldn't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I suppose, well, I would say that it was great because it was the Irish laughing at themselves and uh, taking ownership of our own culture. But some Irish in Britain go, look, it's shown us as alcoholics and idiots. The other thing, just the, the, the myth about this being turned down by RTE is, you know, it is a myth. It's a total myth. And there's no way RTE, I mean, the, the budget for that show was phenomenal. They put a lot yeah. of money into it. And the studios in the South Bank were amazing. And there's no yeah. studio in Ireland uh, at that time, certainly, who could have... No. You could have recorded it. I mean, they made, I don't know what the budget was for each episode, but it was huge. Yeah, It was pretty yeah. much what an RT would spend on a, on a series. Yeah. You know. It was amazing. Even the pay. No, they were very decent. We were very yeah. well treated. That's the, the first episode. This first episode on the end scene. There's always an end scene as well after, during the credits. They're stuck up on the chair. Yeah. Oh, it's, so I know what it is. It's the, it's the fun fair with... The announcements. Yeah. And Arthur Matthews is doing the announcements. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. You've been listening to Talking Ted. And thank you, Ardla Hanlon and Pat Short, for talking to us. This show is a part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. To support the show and for bonus content and lots more, you can become a member of Head Stuff Plus go to headstuffpodcasts.com. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus.